Always on my feet, keep my cipher complete. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Row 7 Podcast, Episode 3. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest. I have my brother, Chris. And on today's topic, we are going to discuss the sneaker influence in sports. Uh, and with that, I'm going to kick it over to Chris, and he's going to do a, a little intro of himself. Go ahead, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? feels great to be on the podcast, finally. Heard a lot about it. Uh, today's topic, you know, sneaker influence in sports, you know, I think it's easy to find a, a launching point, you know, and uh, that being, you know, the Neil Armstrong of the sneaker game in sports is got to be Michael Jordan, you know. The guy that launched it all is famously in the news for, you know, his last dance right now, but obviously shoe-wise, that is the the incubator of it all. Definitely. Uh, like Chris said, to, to just kind of, to break it down, obviously Michael revolutionized how we look at sneakers today. Um, the Jordan ones, I mean, they're an iconic shoe, regardless of what Michael said in the, this uh, last episode of The Last Dance and how it tore up his feet. Um, the, the fact that you pay our, an arm and a leg for that pair of shoes right now, whether they're brand new out the box or they're kind of beat up, which is which is honestly insane, but it just kind of symbolizes the what he did for the shoe game and how shoes before back in the day were just, you know, you wear them, you don't really take care of them, you kind of beat them up, and you're out to the next pair. He really made the sneaker a collectible, and that's, that's a defining moment in sports. So when you become that first person and that face of sneakers and what people covet, what people kind of cherish, it's uh, – it's, it's leaps and bounds in terms of what it means to not just basketball, but the sports world and the global movement that he essentially created. So the fact that he was originally interested in starting with Nike, or I'm sorry, with Adidas, because that's, that's what his brand was back in the day. And then Nike was like, hey, we're going to give this guy a shot. Not really realizing how much of an impact he would have and where that would put Nike to this date, honestly, uh, I mean, Chris, for sure, for sure, testify to it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of think about MJ nowadays, and you know, you know, all twenty-three of his shoes, they're all prestigious in their own regard. But you think about the Jordan, uh, the Jordan One, and you know, you've got endless designs of this sneaker, you know, coming out, and you know, countless people are collaborating, collaborating, and whatnot to get their own Jordan One because that's how high of a regard it's held in the eyes of those who don't even play sports. I mean, nowadays you have people who collect sneakers who've probably never picked up a ball in their life. You know, they're fanatics of the game. And for that reason, you know, you look to the, the, the Mount Rushmore of athletes and their sneakers. And you got to think Michael Jordan, number one, as you've been saying, you know, and, and especially with all the controversy that surrounded his name when he was first putting on his Jordan one, you know, with the team, the NBA and the league pushing back against him saying, Hey, we're not doing this whole sneaker business. And to MJ, you know, he, he just felt like, you know, this is going to be my thing and people will remember me for it. Perhaps not to the extent that he's known for it today, but, you know, 
22 shoes on top of that one shoe later. And I'm sure he's reflecting back on his decision to join Nike. And uh, he's quite happy about that. Of course. I mean, aside from the financials of it, I mean, he's, he's done, done so much for the game of basketball. And obviously his pockets are, are lined for e- eons to come, but just the, the symbolism of it, you know, you you open up that that fresh box of Jordan ones or whatever whatever your go to Jordan is. I mean, mine personally, probably the Jordan threes, uh, the cement. They're uh, you know from my birth year, 1988. So obviously they have a special place in my heart. But when you get to crack open that box and lace them up for the first time, you almost from a certain perspective kind of feel like MJ. It's it's a special feeling, a vibe that kind of resonates through people and like you said Chris whether you were a sports fan you know someone who played basketball back in the day or throughout your life it it doesn't really matter you don't you don't have to have that that parallel with with basketball but if you connect with Jordan and if you were have some idea of what that shoe means and the respect that it brought to the game it's it speaks for itself so for sure for sure just not to get off topic too much, but it's kind of crazy just to think what what regard Nike has held today and the the you know the comp- competition between Adidas and Nike. You know, you think if Jordan sticks with Adidas, man, the whole world could be totally different. You know, you're talking about tons and tons of athletes who probably would never go to Nike. You know, they would probably follow suit and go to go to Adidas just like Jordan did. But absolutely. absolutely. And that's, that's just a testament to the iconic brand of Jordan and, and Nike, the, the Nike Air Jordan. That, that symbol on the shoe means everything. It's, it's a symbol that you can show anybody essentially around the globe and they will know exactly who that is, regardless of when they were born, what their sports knowledge is. You know, that it's, it's a symbol that, that everybody, like you said, would like to be associated with to put it on a piece of apparel it's 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 insane just the, the that global branding that he he was himself by just showing his his ridiculous abilities on the basketball court but just to kind of to kind of give you a, a little added snippet and just my own little twist on it i kind of associated with michael jordan want to talk about my my top 3 sneakers with him obviously i mentioned the jordan 3 uh my favorite one the cement but uh Another iconic one, the Jordan 11, the patent leather. Obviously, you got to look at the Concords. Um, the Jordan 5s, the Fire Reds, those just dropped this past Saturday. You know, those are definitely an iconic shoe as well, too. Um, but I think one that, that really stands out above the rest, and not to diminish any of those numbers in between, um, I don't want to feel like I'm shortchanging any of those, but the, the Jordan 14s, the last shot, um, that that one from that last that last championship run. I mean, you've seen him in the last dance, the the push off on uh, Byron Russell that everybody kind of talks about. That that swish that he makes to basically uh, crown themselves champions for the for the sixth time. That's a that's a legendary shoe right there. And obviously, kind of I think people look past it, but uh, but it stands on its on its own for for sure, right, Chris? Absolutely. Absolutely. That one is, uh, uh, that'll probably be in a museum one day, full well knowing MJ's legacy. You know, we'll see a pair in like 20 years cased up from, uh, 
you know, the, the 90s or the 80s. But it's just, just another testament, like we've been saying, MJ hasn't played a bas- game of basketball in almost two decades, and yet his shoes fly off the shelves like his name, like he was LeBron James on the court today. Obviously two different completely complete athletes. However, like I said, Jordan not having touched a ball or being on the court in decades, yet his shoe, as you just mentioned, uh, the, the, last, the last shot, that shoe will go down in history as, as immortalizing Jordan, not only in the sports world, but outside of that, in the sneaker community. It's like his, that shoe will always be significant with the, the, the Bulls legacy, MJ's legacy, and beyond. You know, it's just like the sneaker influence is just crazy. The fact that he went on to put out almost another 10 pairs of shoes after that, it's kind of absurd. But, hey, that's Jordan right there. Yeah, I mean – it's it speaks for itself. I mean, we, we've kind of we've recapped it multiple times in this in this little this little part just about MJ himself. But it's it's just a, te- a testament to the iconic brand that he is and was. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, two thousand three. I'm pretty sure was his last season. So we're looking at seventeen plus years of him not picking up a basketball, not playing the game anymore, and his shoes drop you know, one, once every couple months, whatever it may be, you know, obviously that there's those hot shoes that drop uh, and they still fly off the shelves. They're, they're sold out everywhere. And you think of the, the secondary markets uh, to kind of pick up those sneakers. If you can't get them retail, it, it's insanity. For sure. For sure. Good luck everybody who's uh, intending to get the Royal blue ones this weekend. I know I will for sure will be throwing my name in the pot, but much like with every other Jordan release, everybody, their mother, their father, and their son is out for, out to get the Jordan 1 sneaker right now. Doesn't matter the colorway. Even more so if you get a crazy collab like the Virgil Abloh Off-Whites. My goodness. Good luck even sniffing a pair of those shoes off the streets. But yeah. I digress off Jordan, you know. His legacy is immortalized. That's just forever etched in stone. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta flex a little bit and we're, we're going to stick along with Nike, kind of like the same path that, that Jordan took. Um, but we're going to, we're going to slide over to, to definitely one that, um, that's in a lot of people's minds right now and a lot of people's hearts still, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, the, the legacy that Kobe had on how he looked to MJ as a big brother and how he kind of modeled his game after MJ, um, is, is a testament again to, the greatness. Um, and obviously we're not going to get into the dynamics of, you know, one, two, three, and enlisting them in order of, of greatness. But Kobe Bryant was, was just another guy who, who changed the sneaker game as well too. Also uh, started his uh, sneaker run with Adidas. That kind of fizzled uh, for whatever reason. I mean, uh, there's probably definitely information and articles behind it, but his legacy was left with Nike, obviously. Um, he, he changed the sneaker game in a sense. Um, just from the front that, uh, and I'll tap back into this down the road, but the Kobe 4s were the first signature low-top sneaker when most uh, basketball players were going all high-tops. You know, you got to protect them ankles out there, right? You don't want to roll them. But uh, he, he kind of wanted to, to just revolutionize the game uh, be a little more elusive, and I guess they 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 felt right on his feet, you know, low tops, just just below the ankle. But uh, but yeah, Kobe Bryant. I mean, it it speaks for itself. 
For sure, for sure. Definitely one of those icons that you can't pass up in regards to sneakers and their influence on sports, both in and out, out of sports, you know. It's just crazy to think that, like like I said earlier, people don't even play basketball or any sports for that matter. But you see a, a Kobe, a Kobe, Kobe number six, the Grinch, what the Grinch. It's like, man, that shoe, or Kobe, Kobe six, the Grinch, that shoe is, is – uh, uh, out, uh, outstanding as it is, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, unsightly if you ask me. However, it's just like crazy to think like a guy like Kobe as immortalized he is in the basketball industry, putting out his own shoe, like the Grinch and so on and so forth, just revolutionized, you know, the way players both in and out of the NBA were looking at the shoes they put on their feet. Obviously, these guys have more uh, more at stake, you know, so they're definitely worried about the quality and content of the shoe. However, you look at something like Kobe Six, the low top, still around to this day, and and just like the just like the Jordan One, you know, very hard to come by, especially with the dead stock with tags. My goodness, good luck, folks. Good luck. I mean, going back to the Grinch, the the Kobe Sixes. I mean, I just was reading earlier today that they're supposed to drop, I think the holiday 2021. So that's, that's going to be a hot pickup right there. I mean, you think we're probably 18 months, 18 plus months away from that shoe dropping and they're already talking about it and the hype is, is real. And obviously I, you know, we, we know that a lot of people out there are probably trying to cash in on, on Kobe's name. And obviously I, I don't personally agree with that. I think if you're going to buy something Kobe related, it's it's to kind of cherish because I mean, obviously, all we can look back now is just highlights of his career and you know the, the tragic ending that we we had with him. I mean, it's 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 so sad to see kind of what transpired. But I mean, obviously, we have Kobe forever. Honestly, uh, that's kind of how I look at it. I know he's not here with us in person anymore, uh, but I mean, his basketball skills, uh, his basketball IQ. But not only that, what he did off the court as well, too, and how he was, after his retirement, he was kind of dedicating his life to his, his daughters and his wife. I mean, it's, it just shows you the true character of, of him as a human being. But his, his ma- mannerisms on the court and how he was just so dead set on becoming the, one of the greatest or the greatest in his mind is just kind of double backing to, to what a talented individual he was. Um, and how he he changed the sneaker game. I mean, he brought the low tops to the game. Uh, obviously, he had some some funky uh, Adidas back in the day. The the moon shoes, I think I think they were kind of called. They they look almost like uh, like space shoes essentially. But him him moving forward and and, and joining Team Nike, he was kind of like that next that next icon after Jordan. I mean, obviously. Jordan's run ended with the Bulls in 98 and kind of Kobe came up in 97 and really kind of hit the map in like the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, where he started winning his championships. But I, I have always looked at the Kobe fours as, as the most iconic shoe because they almost look like uh, soccer cleats. And I know he had a, a deep passion for soccer um, as it was just something near and dear to his heart. He was, you know, he was definitely a fan and he would travel globally to go see uh, European soccer games. So, so you knew he, he kind of had that parallel between what he envisioned his shoe to look like and, and how he's seen uh, some of the great soccer players around the globe play. And he wanted to model that and, and put it on the court. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, 
it goes without being said that Kobe is also immortalized. His shoes alike, along with his career in the NBA, immortalized as one of the greatest. Put him on the Mount Rushmore in basketball. Great person on and off the court, as you said. But to, to, to change subjects just a little bit, you know, hitting home more of like a local guy, you know. I remember when the Derek Rose, when Derek Rose first got his first shoes, you know, as a, as a Chicago guy, Chicago born and raised, it was like you had to get the shoe, you know. And being myself, personally speaking, I've never, never been much of a basketball player. Probably never will pick up a basketball down the road. However, these Derek Rose shoes, super comfy, super light, makes all the sense why he was able to be agile and cut his way through defenders in his MVP season. It's un, it's uh, it's just unheard of, you know. You know, the, the local kid getting the MVP, you know, it's just one for the storybooks for sure. But I know I myself still have my D-Row shoes sitting underneath my bed, you know. I wore them, I beat them up a little bit. However, they're still in pretty good condition. Maybe might have to break them out down the road again, you know. Just another one of those shoes that, inspired a lot of kids I know for sure I, I can speak to that regard right that, that definitely is a, a a testament to his Chicago connection and how he 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 really helped put his city on the map and carry a franchise essentially and obviously that kind of ended on on a sour note but um but yeah you're, you're definitely right with, with D Rose and in his his short tenure here with the Bulls and now he you know was one of the youngest players ever to win an MVP and essentially almost take the Bulls to a, to a new um, usher in their new era and take them to a championship. It just, it's um, it just shows you the, the, the skill set and the, and the mindset that he had to kind of really put basketball again in Chicago on the map, but cash in on a deal with Adidas, obviously. And obviously, I'm pretty sure they're still making um, Kobe, not Kobe, uh, Derrick Rose shoes, to my knowledge. Right, Chris? I think. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's still getting some fat royalties from Adidas there you go. from his contract yeah. that he signed. But uh, to, to, to shift gears a little bit, you know, as, as, as infamous as D. Rose was in his career, you know, you think how MJ, Kobe, and D. Rose all influenced the likes of, like, the basketball sneaker and whatnot. But another – infamous one for me that I remember getting my first pair was the Nike SBs you know the the classic Nike SB dunk one of the craziest classic shoes you could ever see and I know me personally I was a bit naive when I was getting into shoes I used to mix up the the Air Force Ones the Jordan 1 low tops and the Nike dunks all together because I'm thinking ah it's just a low top shoe you know classic Nike swoosh down the side but man, you put on that Nike SB, that patent leather, the fuck, the double wide tongue. It's just, it's just super comfy, built for skating. But even if you're not a skateboarder, myself included in that, in that broad array of people, never skateboarded in my life. But I can tell you for one thing, these are some of the comfiest shoes ever. And they just, they, they had their era, their moments in the early 2000s where they were almost everywhere, you know, mass produced. And then Nike kind of went away with the sneaker for a little bit, which kind of blew my mind because it was definitely one of my favorites. And uh, now you see the Nike Dunks coming out again, re re resurfacing in their some of their original colorways. Then you've got some unique collaborations between like off-whites. I've seen some artists make their own modifications to Dunks or Nike SBs, excuse me, and they're just gorgeous. If I could buy them all, I would, but yeah, I didn't know where to stay. 
you know, going along with it, as Nike, the Nike SBs, uh, I myself personally, I probably started collecting shoes uh, probably going on like 14 years ago. So I was in my early days of high school, never really put a value on, on a sneaker, but I think that was like the first one that kind of caught my eye, the Nike SB. And I, I didn't realize any, any skateboarder were, skateboarders were associated with the shoe. Uh, I just kind of always, like you said, Chris, were, was just a fan of them because of their comfiness and, and the colorways that they came in. And like I said, I kind of beat them up. Uh, I tried to take care of them as much as possible, but to me, they were, they were just a shoe. But going, going along with that, um, now if I was able to go back and kind of take care of those shoes and see what they're going for now, it's, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for it. But, uh, but yeah, going, going along with that P-Rod, Paul Rodriguez Jr. was the, the first, um, first skateboarder signed with uh, Nike to get his own line. Um, Nike released his first shoe back in 05. And uh, obviously that, that was a little bit after when I really kind of got into SBs. And obviously uh, I know P-Rod through his father, the, the comedian, um, Paul Rodriguez uh, Sr., but not personally a skateboarder myself, never really hopped on one. If I did stand, stand on one, I was kind of fearful of just immediately falling. But the, the SB right now, like you, like you mentioned, Chris, where they're at right now, 2020 is basically the year of the SB. I mean, I, I, I look at some of the iconic colorways back in the day, the, the Nike SB Tiffany. I'm pretty sure, sure those shoes go for like upwards of $5,000. And it, it's insane. I mean, if you had a pair of them and you want to make a quick buck, flip them because you can name your price and somebody would buy them on, you know, on any secondary market. Definitely. Definitely. Going off that, another, another crazy collaboration uh, between Nike SB was Nike SB and Supreme, you know, obviously we all know Supreme as being, you know, the, the, the hottest streetwear, you know, from time to time, but some of their collaborations with, uh, <clears throat> With Nike, with Nike, particularly the SBs, are just crazy, crazy, you know. In fact, some of my favorites, they're, they're so wild, is the Nike SB white cements, man. They're so clean. They took some of the finest material that people had with, with, with the Jordans, the Jordan cements, and they said, you know what, we're going to fuse two of the greatest sneaker designs that we can together, and voila, you know. These shoes... Like you mentioned with the Tiffany's, probably like thousands of dollars, you know, to, to, to buy these dead stock with tags, you know. It's just crazy to think that something so simple, you know, a shoe built for somebody to skateboard, get their feet beat up a little bit and take, take some, have some cushion to provide some support, you know, such a basic shoe meant to be beat up, truly. And now, 20 years later, people are buying these Nike SBs, specifically the off-whites, putting them in a case and these shoes never even see, you know, the light of day. Exactly. When you, when you think of the Nike SB, the, the dunk, it's, it almost is like your, your classic working shoe. Um, it's, it's not, they're not super stylish. I mean, some of them are, I mean, personally, some of them are, but they, to most, they probably just look like a clunky type of shoe, but going along with that, the, the, the Supreme collab, but in my mind, though, obviously outside of the, the Tiffany's, the, the Freddy Krueger's, yeah, I mean, those ones right now are going for $30,000. And it, it just models the, the sweater from the famous Freddy Krueger movie. 
but to know that those shoes go for $30,000 and they're a basic shoe. They're, they're not, they're not nothing outrageous. There's no diamonds on it. And they go for 30 K with tags brand new in the box. Crazy. It's insanity. Uh, then I look at the, uh, which other ones out there that are, that are super crazy. Um, what's that? Travis Scott's for example, Travis Scott's. Yes. Another perfect example. She was retailed for 150 bucks. And now you can find them on a secondary market for upwards of a thousand dollars. Granted, they are probably one of the hottest shoes. They're super, they're, they're quite stylish. I probably would rock them only on the sunniest days. Of course, you know, those, those don't, those ones don't come out when the clouds are out. You know, if, if I know we have 70 and sunny, or 80 and sunny, you know, maybe they make an appearance for just a couple hours, you know? Definitely, definitely. I mean, that goes that goes well beyond just the dunks, you know, any highly coveted sneaker, you know, you tuck it away for those perfect sunny days. But uh, another couple crazy collabs that are upcoming right now, just to show the influence outside of sports, Nike SB has planned the Nike SB 711, which are pretty crazy looking, just mo- modeling the same colorway that Nike that 711 runs with. And then another crazy one coming out. Some people love them. Some people hate them. My, me personally, I'm going to try and get my hands on them. We'll see how well that works out. But the Ben and Jerry Nike SB. Yes, donkey, absolutely, donkey, bro. Donkey. Absolutely. It's so crazy, so outlandish looking. But you look at the sneaker and it's just like, man, if I can wear that sneaker down the street, I'm turning heads everywhere I go. People are going to want to know what the heck is on my feet. And I'd be more than happy to tell them, yeah, this is a Nike shoe, but you're never going to guess Ben and Jerry, the ice cream brand said, we want a shoe. Yeah, no, it's, it's outrageous. And that's kind of not, not necessarily connected with the parallels of Paul Rodriguez Jr., but he really kind of helped usher in that, Definitely. that SB line. But yeah, all these collabs out there that are dropping right now, you know, and I, of course, along with you, want to get my hands on them. Not to resell them, but I want to case them. I want to, I want to give those to my kids one day. I want them to be original in the box. And if in the case that I was like 20, 30 years down the road, I don't need these anymore. Let's flip them. Let's see what they're worth. I mean, you got to think a couple thousand dollars for sure, if not even more. I mean, those Freddy Kruegers are, uh, I'm pretty sure they dropped quite a few years ago and they're still at the 30K mark right now, brand new in the box. It's for sure. It's ridiculous, but I mean, I also like I, I can understand it because they're they're significant with the with the skateboard industry. Obviously, P Rod, you know, um, kind of put them on the map. Obviously, they were popular before that, but he was the first face of them. Um, so that's just kind of a testament to 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 him and and what he's brought to kind of the sneaker industry. And obviously, he's still out there. He, you know, he's, he's still re- releasing shoes. So. Props to him. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it definitely kind of goes to show how all it takes is one pioneer. You get an MJ, you get a Paul Rodriguez, you get a Kobe Bryant who says, I want to design my own shoe. And the shoe carries no value until they build that legacy for themselves. And then it's once that legacy has been built that, that that shoe resonates with people in sports and outside of sports. You, you see people – like with the Jordans, for example, diehard basketball fans, they love those shoes. Well, chances are they're probably buying Nike SBs too because they know they're some of the hottest shoes, probably not skateboarders, you know. But 
I, my last dunk that I have to mention just came out, you know, the, the Nike SB Dunk High 420 Skunks, man. The craziest shoe right now, the craziest. A limited release of 420 shoes, of course. You know, Nike knows what they're doing. The 420s, you know. But Aren't they all number two? They are. They all have an inscription on the on the back right part of the portion of the shoe, and it'll say, you know, number X of 420. And I just think to myself, you know, I've seen some unboxings of the shoe, and everybody, I've yet to see number 69 of 420. And I know it's ironic, you know, the numbers mean little to nothing, but it's just that shoe is truly a one of one. There is no other duplicate of that shoe out there. And for that reason, you 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 could try and find these shoes on the go, your Go apps, your 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 StockX, whatever your Stadium Goods, and you're gonna see comma after comma after comma with these shoes. But it's just as we've mentioned over and over again, it's it's a a, a testament to what Paul Rodriguez did back in the day, putting together his own shoe. 10, 15 years later, we've got collabs on collabs. We've got limited releases. It's it goes much beyond just the skateboarding for sure. Right, right. Of course, of course. And kinda kinda flexing a little bit. And obviously we're gonna we're gonna shift a little bit away from skateboarding, but I'm gonna bring my personal favorite sport into this and I'm gonna introduce everybody to, you know, I think the the world knows him, or most people I would say would know him, but Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr., Hall of Famer, hands down probably my one of my top five players, but brought that uh, performance type of sneaker to to the diamond, and you can see there's players today, and I'll, and I'll we'll touch on them a little bit, but players today kind of collabing with you know their favorite Nike or their favorite Jordan and, and using them as cleats, but Ken Griffey, you we remember his his swing, you know his glove work, the kid. I mean everybody knows him as the kid. You you look at that logo. And obviously, it's not as as recognized as as the uh, the Jordan logo, but the sweetest swing in baseball probably ever. And yeah, there there might be some pushback on that, but uh, I was around. I was fortunate enough to be around for the Ken Griffey Jr. days in the uh, early to mid '90s and and so forth. Uh, and obviously, getting being able to see him in person here in Chicago at one time was just was just insane. Just to kind of see him in the flesh and. I know he was kind of past his prime in the time, but that's that's neither here nor there. But it's just kind of a testament to how his Air Griffey uh, Max 1 is still retro today. Uh, they're still releasing it every couple of years, Nike is. But it's just kind of a testament on his, on his own brand in a whole different sport that he's able to basically market himself as one of the greatest baseball players that will ever go down in history. And he's got his own sneaker line. And I myself personally have never had a pair of them, but if I can find my pair of dead stock of those, I'm all in. Name your price at this point, and I'm I'm flipping the bill, whatever it is. You heard it here, folks. The man just said the check. The check has no bottom line. All right. Well, it does have a bottom line, but hit the DMs. He's looking for the Ken Griffey's dead stock with tags. Checks on checks on checks. You know where to find them. These these shoes, like you said, Alex, they're just insane. It's it's a one of a kind shoe, especially in a field where uh, you know sneakers, more specific cleat, more specifically cleats, all just blended in the same. You know, 
it, it really didn't matter much, you know, just throw some metal spikes in the bottom and we're good to go. But then you look at the Ken Griffey's and it's just such a standoutish shoe. You know, it, it, you could spot that shoe from a mile away in a sea of other baseball cleats, you know. The, well, that's the thing. That's the thing with them. They, they were cleats, but essentially they were trainers because back in the, the, the Mariners, they played on, on turf. There wasn't actual grass. They had a dome. So he didn't need technically cleats. He just kind of wore some like trainers to kind of get him, get himself some grip when he was in, in the box to bat or, or when he was on the field. But, but yes, he was kind of the originator for, for the baseball uh, players of today to kind of collab with their favorite sneakers and put spikes on them if they play on an actual dirt and grass field. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, inclined to believe that I'm sure, uh, the kid, if you will, Ken Griffey Jr. was probably thinking, ah, let me find the most comfiest shoe I can mess around and practice and, you know, warm up for the game. And uh, that probably transcribed into, you know, these the, the Griffeys we see today, you know. And he probably saw Nike, these Nike trainers, and he thought, yo, I need that shoe right there. Just throw some spikes on the bottom of it, and that's it right there. Peak performance, peak comfortability, and – that's really all you're looking for on the diamond, you know? Right. And then, I mean, moving forward and we're going to, we're going to come a little more current with, with, with the baseball cleats, but I think of Dexter Fowler, I've seen him in some, in some 12s, Jordan 12s. Uh, I think when, when he was with the, you know, playing with the Cardinals, he had some red Jordan 12s cleats, you know, an iconic shoe. And I didn't name that in that list of, of coveted Jordans, but that is one of the most coveted Jordans, uh, you know, of all time. And he put him in, in cleat form and, you know he's definitely a, a sneaker fanatic if he put those those cleats in, in sneaker form. Uh, I've seen David Price, David Price now a Dodger, who's who's rocking. I, I'm pretty sure he was rocking once back in the day when he was with Boston, but just just a testament to to going back to their 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 own personal sneaker influence, but them kind of looking up to MJ as as kind of the godfather of uh, the, the sneaker game and how they want to bring those parallels to baseball and, and people notice, I mean, I notice most baseball fans out there would notice that I think players now kind of have the, the luxury and Liberty to wear whatever cleats that they want. Mm-hmm. And if you can make it and partner with Nike, Adidas, whoever it may be, why not? Why not? Yeah. Going off that, um, another spoiled, or we could say, you know, fortunate player in their own regard, was uh obviously Derek Jeter, you know, signed yes. to the Jordan signed to the Jordan brand himself. You know, he he could come out to come out on the field pretty much wearing any one through twenty three he wanted. Nike and Jordan would put some cleats on it for him and those that was what he was rocking. And it and it is it goes back to the whole MJ thing, you know, like his influence beyond basketball, beyond the court is is really on display here, you know. A guy like Derek Jeter, the caliber player he is, how respected he is, he sure could design his own sneaker, his own cleat with Nike, and they would give it to him, probably no questions asked. But then you have the option to wear the Jordan sneaker, some of the most highly recognized sneakers out there ever. It's like unbelievable. And then to think that you could see a Jordan sneaker with cleats on the bottom of it is just really crazy to look at, you know, because it's like, man, like, that shoe looks oddly familiar, you know, but it doesn't look like it should have cleats on the bottom of it. But that, but then again, that that's going back to a testament into how the not not really the leap of faith that Nike took on him, but the confidence that Nike took in him to kind of 
brand him with that Jordan brand and say, hey, whatever, whatever you want associated with Jordan and you want to put it in baseball form, whether it be like, you know, your socks, your cleats, your, your undershirt, whatever it might be, do it because we know that you're one of the greatest ever to go down, not just in Yankee history, but in baseball history. It's, it's insane. I mean, Derek, Derek Jeter, probably hands down one of the best shortstop to ever play the game. You know, it's just the, uh, the timing of his career in line with MJ's, you know, he's got signed under the Jordan brand, you know, he gets Jordan hooks him up with some of his sneakers. It's like, you look at Derek Jeter when he steps onto the field and the man is absolutely dripping in Jordan gear from head to toe. And then you've got all the, all these other baseball players who are, you know, not really uh, elite, uh, have allegiance to any other, any label or shoes specifically. And they're coming out with some plain old New Balance and plain old Under Armors, you know, some plain old Nikes. Nothing that's crazy. Perfectly fine. That's perfectly that's- fine. If it works for them, that's, that's, that's okay. You know, it, it could be just comfort. It could be some type of deal that they have, but they might not want to explore that whole, you know, let me, let me transcend the game with a New Balance sneaker yeah. and, and turn it into cleat form. That's perfectly fine. But, but DJ did it, you know, Derek Jeter did it. It's, it's sick. I, I give hands down props to him for bring, for kind of bringing it to the baseball diamond because I respect it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. As a baseball fan, a diehard baseball fan at that, it's like you look at the Jordan sneaker crossing sport barriers into other sports. It's like, man, like you just got to know, like there's levels to the shoe game and Jordan has solidified himself at the top of that pyramid forever, forever, forever. Right. Right. And, and kind of, kind of moving a little past there, Cheater, and, and bouncing back into basketball here. Cause there's, there's a couple more guys that I want to note. Uh, but one of priority, I would say personally would be Vince Carter. Um, he put the, the Nike shocks that, that style of shoe on the map. And obviously we know him as half man, half amazing because of his ridiculous sleeping ability on the court and how he was able to dump, dunk over a, a seven footer in the Olympics. It's insane. It's sure. insane. And then what he did in the, in the 2000 uh, slam dunk contest and how he said, he claimed it was over. It was over with his ridiculous dunks. You can go back, you can check out YouTube and, and look at his highlights from that dunk contest. And he is what, he's the player who I, I look at. And obviously there's, there's Michael, there's Julius, uh, who kind of transcend the slam dunk contest. But in, in my time, when I was young and really able to soak it in and realize what a dunker should do, Vince Carter is that image. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and <clears throat> shout out to Vince Carter, you know, if he ever finds himself upon listening to this podcast, Props to you, man, for playing as long as you have and, and really up-showing up showing these, these young guys, you know, saying you still got the bounce, man. Rocking those shocks, you're launching in the flight and still putting it down, and, and that's respect right there for sure. And, and this, it, this is not to kind of overlap the fact that he was originally signed with N1. I mean, I don't know if many people remember the N1 sneaker, but N1 was a thing way back in the late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, and then – he essentially left and won and joined, I think, uh, left and won in 2000 and flexed over to Nike, launched the shock line and never looked back. And he kind of leaped 
no, no pun intended, into another atmosphere with, with Nike. Um, obviously, hands down, personally, his, his most iconic sneaker was the, the Nike Shock BB4PE. I never personally got them, but again, that's another shoe that kind of stands with that, with that Ken, uh, Ken Griffey statement earlier. If I could find him today, let's sign the checkbook, okay? Uh, Put him on the credit card. Absolutely. Put him on the credit card. <clears throat> you know, it's just kind of funny because, uh, you know, you think of Vince Carter, you think of his famous Nike Shock shoes. Well, these Nike Shocks blew up so big, they collabed with Comme des Garcons. Like, how crazy is that? You've got a luxury French designer pairing with Nike to put together a, a crazy design shoe. I mean, for God's sakes, if you look these shoes up, they literally came with a chain that, that snapped around the shocks and put, put, was wrapped around to like the front toe box of the shoe. And it literally says Comme des Garcons wrapped around the shoe. It's just crazy to think some, a shoe so simple as the Nike shocks could blow up and, and really make, make bank for Nike, but, but really uh, solidify itself as a, as um, a cornerstone in the sneaker game for sure. Right, right. And I, and I know Vince Carter didn't personally put the shocks on the map. Obviously, there was other athletes associated with that shock line. But to me, in my mind, he was kind of the face of the Nike shock with, with his leaping ability, with his freakish talent. And exactly like you mentioned just a couple moments ago, a shout out to him for still being able to lace him up and, and play at such – it's still an elite level at his age. And obviously, that's not to discredit him at all. Obviously, age doesn't really play a factor. I know he could school me in basketball, you know, 10 times out of, a ten, out of 10. So we're not going to we're not going to start talking smack here. But, yes, Vince Carter put the Nike shock on the map. Yeah, going, going back to it, one of the, the solidifying moments for that shoe, as you mentioned, was him dunking in the Olympics over a seven-foot guy. It's just crazy to think. And you, you can look at this picture of him floating in the air and all you see is those shocks dangling in the air, and you just think, man, like, those are some crazy shoes. And <clears throat> I know they, they, they kind of used a, a play on words in, in one, of the, one of the ads and the marketing behind it, and the, the slogan was, maybe it was the shoes, but, but there's no doubt about it. It was all Vince Carter. Obviously, that was just kind of the branding behind it is what kind of made me want the shoe. Obviously, probably myself and millions of other kids, uh, uh, you know, who – who's seen that commercial and got to witness his days on the court in his, in his prime years. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy to think, you know, this shoe, we haven't seen it re-released, you know, or retro yet at all. You know, we, we've seen plenty of that go around with the Jordans, the Nike SBs, as we mentioned, even the Griffies, the Griffies are set to re-release sometime soon. I believe maybe this month, maybe next month. Good luck to everybody out there who plans on taking a shot at those. Hope you got a good bot. But I digress. It's just like crazy to think that the the shocks, you know, more more specifically Vince Carter, what he was able to do in these shoes, truly immortalized himself as well as the Nike shocks. But uh, hopefully, maybe soon we would uh, see these come resurface again. You know, I, I'm I'm sure Nike at, at eventually a certain point, whether it be like an an anniversary of of his uh, you know 2000 dunk uh, over uh, that guy in the Olympics. I mean, you know, this actually. You know, it, it could happen soon. We really don't know. But, but yes, Vince Carter put put the sneakers, the, the Nike Shock sneakers on the map. And 
And lastly, just just to wrap it up, and we're gonna we're gonna we're running out of time here. We're gonna bring this full circle. But the the last individual that I want to mention, and and I don't mention him last to discredit him by any means, because he is basically the face of basketball right now. But LeBron James, LeBron James right now, uh, I don't know exactly how many sneakers he has, but personally, um, his dedication to the game on how he invests in his body to um, over a billion dollars in his body to be ready season after season after season, including playoffs, including championships and including the Olympics is a testament of what, uh, where he should be on, on that, on that mountain of, of, of great athletes who, who kind of transcended the sneaker game again, obviously he's much more current. A lot of the youth uh, really can't go back to Michael Jordan and remember his days but you can go back and look at a lot of LeBron's time with, uh, with Cleveland, with the Heat, uh, and now with the Lakers. But, yes, he's another individual who transcended sneakers with Nike. Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, a famous shoe of his, I know for sure. Good luck finding these. I, I can't even get my hands on them if I wanted to. Got to be the South Beach LeBron. Yes, no. absolutely. South- I was just going to mention them. Those are – those are on the list. Add them to the list. <laughs> you got you heard it here, folks. You got them dead stock with tags. Hit my guy's line over here. The checks are just flowing out, folks. I I am going to have zero dollars in the bank account when this is all over after yeah. after my laundry list of sneakers that I need to add to my collection. And my to 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 just add to that, Chris, my, my collection is dwindling. So we're going to have to, you know reignite the flame that is you know my my desire to purchase sneakers i'm i'm chomping at the bit to get my hands on something and it just very well might be those south beaches you know we'll see yeah totally totally worth it and it's funny because obviously lebron designed these with full intentions of wearing them on the court you know that's what their purpose was made for but you look at these shoes and it's just like man the curb appeal on them is so hot, man. You can see, especially on a sunny day outside, which is the only time I would ever recommend wearing these shoes, you could spot that teal blue from probably about a quarter mile out. And, man, you got to track that guy down and ask him how much he wants for those shoes, even exactly. on the streets. It's just a desirable colorway when he was with uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, obviously, they had um, he had several different sneakers when he was with the Miami Heat that were the Miami Vice kind of theme. And yes, it's, it's a testament to his greatness. It's, it's a testament to what he's brought to the basketball game um, and how, his, how he drives for, to be an elite player, game in and game out. And, and that's, that's not to discredit his, his um, you know, any sneaker that he designs other than the South Beach because uh, I know they're, they're used by several basketball players uh, on the pro level. So he's definitely out there transcending the game, you know? For sure, for sure. Another shoe, definitely I- iconic, easy to spot. Got to be the LeBron threes. I know you had a pair. They're very easy to spot. And and my, my favorite colorway, the ones you had, the white and blue colorway, so classic, so clean, so simple. But overall, just a very well-designed shoe. And, again, it's like they're obviously designed for basketball, but such a clean shoe. Dress it up, dress it down. No need to wear it on the court. That's the beauty of the LeBrons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
yeah, it, it is what it is. That that's just a testament to, like I said, his game, uh, his influence on sneakers, what he's brought to the business. Um, and I know he's just not here trying to, you know, cash checks from Nike. He's out here trying to win championships. He's he's he wants to be one of the greatest of all time. And I absolutely hands down respect him for it. Uh, I know there was definitely some animosity back in the day when he was um, with Cleveland, you know, playing against you know the Bulls. But that's that's neither here nor the, near the, nor there. We've kind of moved past it. So um, I, I've kind of I've come to the conclusion that whatever he does for the basketball game, it needs to be appreciated because when he ultimately decides to leave, um, I don't know that we'll ever see another player like him again. And obviously, greatness will continue on. But an individual like him who plays day in and day out and dedicates himself to the game, uh, you find few and few fewer and fewer of those. So. Any anything to any last uh, honorable mentions that you'd like to to bring up here before we close it out? Uh, the last piece I probably have to offer mm-hmm. is uh you know we see all these iconic mm-hmm. shoes immortalized by all these legendary athletes you know regardless what their sport may be and it's just kind of funny to think you know we always see a new rookie class coming in at every sport no matter what it is and it's just odd to think you know. Who could who could be that next person to uh, immortalize themselves with a pair with a sneaker line? You know, got to think somebody like Zion Williams, maybe like a John Morant. You know, you never know. You never know. Basketball wise, at least, that's that's the beauty of it. You know, these guys just have to build a name for themselves, and then after that, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely right. A lot of it definitely stems from the NBA, but it could be. It could be a football player. Um, it could be a baseball player. It could be a soccer player, for all we know. I mean, sneakers transcend the globe. Um, they kind of what make the, girl, make the world go around. So um, everybody knows them. Um, you, you recognize them. You use them every day, whether they're stylish, not stylish, beat up, not beat up, coveted or not. Uh, sneakers definitely influence sports and influence our day-to-day lives. So. Um, with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap up episode three of the Row 7 podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I definitely plan on having uh, my brother Chris jump on another future episode. We'll have to, to kind of schedule that out. Uh, but for the time being, uh, everybody stay safe out there. Uh, Chris, anything you want to you wanna shout out before we wrap this up? Uh, thank you, everybody who tunes in. Um, plenty more to come, folks. Plenty more to come. This is just the beginning. Yeah, definitely just the beginning. All right. Uh, Take care, everybody. We're out, though.